What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast, and today I have for you another interview. I sat down with Anton Voorhees of many places. Um, I've seen him at Hood Slam. I've seen him at Full Queer. He's a trainer at Stoner U. So he is wherever you can find him. He's there, pretty much. But um, it was awesome getting to chat with him. He's an amazing person, amazing soul. You can just tell in his energy he really cares about what he does. And so I just want to give him his flowers. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. And thank you for listening. Thank you for the support. And we're just going to go ahead and get into it. All right. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. I'm glad to have you on. Welcome, Anton Voorhees. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Of course, of course. First, I want to ask, what are your pronouns? Because I like to start off asking everybody. Sure, I don't, I don't have a preference. He, him is is totally fine. But if you, you know, if you called me an alien, I'd be like, sure, fuck it. Yeah, real respect, respect. Uh, did you have a good Fourth of July? Did you do anything special for the holiday? Um, yeah, I went to, I went over to Stoner U. We had kind of a training and then barbecued and just kind of hung out and watched. The Oakland fireworks as they went off for an indefinite amount of time. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. How about you? I'm, I had a quiet one. It was just me and Kiki. We were sitting here watching some TV, chilling. I've been obsessed go. with this game called Unpacking on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. kind of just like a... You just take things out of boxes and unpack and it's kind of you just have to make it fit and make sure nothing's out of place. It's very like relaxing, struggling, okay. if you will. Sure. Yeah. But I'm very excited to sit down and have a chat with you because I believe the first time that I saw you wrestle was at Full Queer's Pride or Die. Okay. And so I've just always wanted to know the lore behind first your name because I've always associated it with Jason Voorhees being a horror uh-huh. but mm-hmm. uh, the name the character where did that all begin for you all right let's rock and roll um so Anton Voorhees has been a name that I was called um kind of since high school um so my shoot name has uh, more than three syllables and no one wants to say a three syllable name. So um, so my name was always shortened. So I've had anything kind of starting with A-N-T uh, be my nickname. And so Anton just happened to be the one that I got called most often. And then, yeah, Voorhees came because in high school and like right out of high school, me and a bunch of my friends all worked at a uh, Hollywood video, which, yes, I'm old. Uh, and like we watched all of the old bad horror movies. And so that was just kind of a big part of like our our circle of friends. And so Anton Voorhees just kind of became a thing that uh, once I started wrestling training, and my trainer asked me if I'd given any thought to what my wrestling name would be. That's what I said. Um, and my trainer was like, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard. And I was like, cool, thanks. And then, like, I don't know, a few weeks later, 
my other trainer was just like, Hey, you're going to be wrestling a match. Um, you can do the Anton Voorhees gimmick. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wear a mask because if I'm terrible, ah, that was some masked guy. Um, <laughs> but luckily I wasn't terrible. I was pretty decent. And then the next show, I was just Anton Voorhees from then on out. Uh, looking back on it, I don't love the name anymore. Like, um, I don't watch a lot of horror movies anymore. Um, and like when people are like, oh, so do you love Friday the 13th? And I'm like, I don't love Friday the 13th. I liked it. I liked it enough. And I thought the last name was cool. But now at this point, I do wish I had picked a different name. But it's 17 years too late, baby. So here we are, Anton Voorhees forever. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm glad I kind of yeah. guessed right with the last name. And yeah. when, when you said Hollywood Video, you unlocked a memory because I used to live in Vallejo and we lived up the street from a Hollywood Video and my uh -huh. mom would take me all the time and I would rent so many movies. It was a yeah a golden era. I actually liked there you it. Go. Liked it more than Blockbuster, if I'm being honest. Sure. But, you know, had a similar selection, but it wasn't as corporate as corporate as Blockbuster. I don't know. Yeah. So branching off from the story, what made you want to get into wrestling initially? Was it like a specific wrestler? Was it a specific event you watched, a specific match? Sure. Um, so I always watched wrestling just... Um, since I was a, a little kid, just like first producing memories, like my dad showed it to me. Um, I don't my dad didn't like it, but I think he was kind of showing it to me to be like, look at this dumb shit. And I was like, I love this dumb shit. Um, and so I wasn't a smart kid. I'm not not a smart adult, but I didn't grasp time zones. So when WCW was on at like 605 Eastern, I didn't know what the fuck that meant. So I would turn on the TV at 6.05 and be like, this isn't wrestling. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, so I'd always catch wrestling on accident. And then once I got to high school, that's when wrestling exploded into being like mainstream accepted. Like everyone was watching wrestling. Everyone knew about the NWO and D-Generation X and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, you know, you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a wrestling shirt on someone. And that's when, you know, I was really enjoying wrestling a lot as a fan. And then I came across ECW and that was the first time I was like, oh, I could do this. If fucking Spike Dudley and Just Incredible can be wrestlers, I could be a wrestler. I'm not like a giant man, but you don't have to be anymore. So, yeah, ECW is the first time I went like, oh, I could do this. I, I could do this. And so, yeah, um, out of high school, a buddy of mine found a wrestling school and was like, hey, let's go. Even if we hate it, like, at least we can say we did it. And I I kept doing it. And here we are. Nice. And it seems to have paid off because now you're like one of the, at least from my perspective, a fan perspective, one of the top indie stars, at least because I've only northern california bay area well thank you that is a recent development um <laughs> for like 15 years i was not a top anything um so it is it is interesting and like funny from being like on my side of it 
to be like, when did I become popular? Like, when did people know who the fuck I am? Um, like, when I went to L.A. for Effie's Big Gay Brunch, like, there were a few wrestlers that are, like, on television that came up to me and they're like, hello, I'm so-and-so. And I'm like, I'm Anton. And they're like, I know who you are. And I'm like, why? why? That's so crazy. <laughs> like, I'm just some dude. So um, it's, yeah, it's definitely weird to have gone through wrestling for as long as I have and to just now like like last year I was nominated for breakout star of the year and I'm like yay finally I'm breaking out baby so yeah it's it's a rather new development um but I don't know I've always been this good so I don't know why people are just now noticing <laughs> that's kind of how I feel with the podcast because I went to more gay shit too and people were like recognizing me for this show and i was like whoa wait a minute i do the how do you how do you get in my house first of all <laughs> but uh yeah no it's it's interesting from a fan perspective and kind of like i obviously don't have the perspective from a wrestling perspective but i have like an idea of it it's just once you're super into it and super consumed by it, you don't really think about the outside noise and what everybody else is saying and thinking as well, sure. too. So, yeah. yeah. And you did mention Stoner U earlier. Is that where you were trained or were you trained by somebody else? Uh, yeah, no, I was uh, Stoner U was not a thing <laughs> when I was trained. <laughs> um, I was trained um, by uh, Devil Mountain Wrestling, which is no longer a company anymore. Um, but yeah, Stoner U is run by me and the Stoner Brothers, obviously. Um, and yeah, it was their school. Like they, they were um, training people while I was training people at a different school. And now... Uh, I have joined up with them. Uh, they've made it seem like, why wasn't I there the whole time? Like it was a very welcoming experience. Um, the logo for Stoner U now has a big upside down triangle, which makes me happy because yay, that's me. Um, and yeah, so now I I help the twins. We're, we're training students. We're trying to, you know, be the links to the future of wrestling, so to speak. And yeah, just make the make the area a little bit better and hopefully work together with the other schools because all these kids got to work with each other indefinitely so let's let's get them all good with each other yeah create a community because there you go from the conversations that i've had community seems like a big theme in the rest in wrestling because it's just it seems like a huge family like good and bad you're going to get along with people. You're going to butt heads with people. But it's still a community at the end of the day. For sure. Like, I mean, regardless of, like, anything, like, if we're in the ring together, I have to trust you with my life and well-being. So make sure that everyone in there is someone that you, you can at least trust that far. Yeah. And when you say Link to the Future, is that a Zelda reference? Because I noticed you do have a Zelda tattoo. I have a, a multiple Zelda tattoos. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's been my my nickname for a while. Um, when I first started working at Hood Slam in like 2014, uh, I was first brought in just straight up as Link. Like that was just, I was Link. I wrestled in the whole 
tunic. I did I did link based moves and stuff like that. And then eventually over time, I just kind of merged that with my normal Anton Voorhees gimmick. So went with Link to the Future. And yeah, that's that is a reference to Link to the Past. But also it's I train people. Like I am I am this connecting piece between like when I started wrestling and like whatever the, the future of wrestling is. So I'm not the future of wrestling, but I am I am that middle person that's helping develop the future of wrestling. I like that. I I can see that because yeah, just from a fan, I can just see people putting people over and setting up the new generation as well too. So that's cool. Yeah. How's it been wrestling for Hood Slam, by the way? How's it been? Yeah, just from like your. Not not recent experience, but if you had to describe your overall experience. Um Hood Slam is the best thing ever. Um, but Hood Slam really helped me fall in love with wrestling all over again. Um it just it just put a perspective into my head of like, this is all supposed to be fun. Like it doesn't all need to be silly. Or anything like that, but I need I as a performer should be in, enjoying every part of what I'm doing, and it's very easy in this business to not, to not enjoy what you're doing, but feeling like you have to do it so that you could eventually enjoy it or something like that. But like Hood Slam helped me realize, like, no, I should always just love what I'm doing. Like, if I'm in there with someone I don't know or someone that I don't want to be wrestling, like. What am I going to do to enjoy myself? Because if I'm enjoying myself, the people watching me should probably enjoy it too. So yeah, it just helped me kind of look at wrestling and a whole new perspective of just like, I don't need to worry about pleasing everybody because you can't. So if I can, for lack of a better term, if I could please myself in the wrestling business, like I'm doing something right. I'm I'm at least knowing that when I get, uh, you know, the ovation from the crowd or at the very least my, my payout at the end of the show, I mm -hmm. could be like, cool, that was worth it. Like what I just did, this horrible decision I made to be a wrestler that is killing my body slowly. It was worth it because of what I get out of it. And hood slam definitely helped me do that. <laughs> Uh, my my experience at Hood Slam, just not having any context and going into it blind, I had an amazing time. Like it Great. just, it was just. I feel like it was just that sense of community, and like even though I didn't know what was going on, like storyline wise, still like jumping in, I was invested in the storyline because I'm just like, well the dog and the fallen and what's going on. I'm just I'm pulled in mm -hmm. and then one fun fact i also at the at the last one i actually reconnected with someone i hadn't seen since high school and i think that's also something cool about wrestling you just run into people that you hadn't seen in forever yeah for sure so i'm very excited for the next hood slam and seeing how everything plays out storyline wise because now i'm like i'm it's like a binge. It's yeah, like a, no, it's yeah, the, 
that's that is the nice thing about hood slam is like there's a lot of lore <laughs> there's a lot of backstory like everything is just like connected to like something that happened like four years ago or something but if you weren't there for that at no point should you be like i have no idea what's going on like we tried to present it in a way that like people that are there for the first time understand a little bit of why this is why any of this is happening the very little context i got i still have like an idea of like the key players the storyline and not necessarily where it's going but kind of following it as if i were following a tv show essentially yeah that's all we want we just want people to to get invested you know like some companies are just like oh, this match is going to be a banger. And we're like, hey, come to a hood slam. You're going to have a great time and you're going to see some great wrestling. But like the wrestling isn't isn't the be all end all. Because like if that's what you're putting out there is just like we have great wrestling. If you have a bad match or if you have a bad show, like then you didn't you didn't give people anything. We're, you know, if, you know, heaven forbid we have a, a bad match on a card, like, I bet you still had a great fucking time. <laughs> so that's that's what we're trying to do. Which is good, because that's not something you really see in wrestling either. So to I keep agree. that alive, respect, much respect. Hey, thanks. So I wanted to know if any of your favorite wrestlers inspired your in-ring work. Um... That's a good question. Um, like, I think my favorite wrestler is Lance Storm. Mm. And I can say I do not wrestle like Lance Storm. <laughs> um, he was much more technical. Everything he did was precise and pretty um, and simple when it needed to be simple. Uh, and that's not how I wrestle like some of the things I do can be pretty and precise but I'm more likely to come up with a wrestling idea and like have to ask people like hey is this too stupid is this idea gonna be too too like am I gonna lose the audience if I do this um like there's a lot of comedy when I wrestle but like I didn't really like comedy wrestling per se um that's just what what works and at some point as a wrestler you kind of have to learn to put aside maybe what you liked as a fan and know what you're good at and i'm good at comedy i'm funny and quick-witted so i just i had to stop fighting against those instincts because i wanted to be like a badass or something like i'm just not a badass and that's fine um so yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of my favorite wrestlers, like Lance Storm, or like I don't know, like a Shawn Michaels or a Rob Van Dam, or these people that I grew up watching that just did a little bit of everything. Like, yeah, I kind of took from that, but I also just know what I'm good at and I wrestle accordingly. So, yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm too like influenced by any of my old favorites or anything like that. Would you say that you bring an element of your theater background to wrestling? Oh, for sure. Um, that's something that I try to um, get my students to understand 
is like everyone is going to go out to the ring and everyone is going to do moves so like what are you doing besides that that is going to endear you to an audience or get you over or get you hated or whatever it is that you're going for like what's happening between the moves that that's what that's wrestling the the everyone does the moves what what are you doing besides that like so yeah in theater that's just how my brain worked like the dialogue is just dialogue like that doesn't make an actor that makes someone reading so in wrestling if if the moves are the are the dialogue like what are you doing that makes you special so yeah in that in that regard like it's it's not just all right i do this move and then this move and then this move it's I do this move and then what do I do to get to this next move so that this next move doesn't look like it's part of a spot. It looks like an accident. Like we we got there because I turned around like my opponent didn't have to turn me around to do a move behind me. What like that's just how we got like, oops, like, thanks. I'll take this. Um, so, yeah, I do think that the theater definitely helped. Um, and obviously when i sing like theater helped that <laughs> so nice how long did you do theater for i did theater for like 25 years wow. oh. uh since yeah i started when i was like 10 and uh yeah did it for a long time made the mistake of trying to do theater and wrestling at the same time oh. so i never i don't know you shouldn't have to choose a passion but like if you could never dive headfirst into anything, like how are you going to be as good as you possibly can be? And that was the issue I ran into with both theater and wrestling is I was, I kept taking time away from one to do the other. And I don't know, you can't grow that way very well. Yeah. That really, that would really limit you because it's just you feel stuck between a rock and a hard place or like stuck in a crossroads. Yeah, it was it was tricky because like, you know, there were times where there'd be like a story going on in wrestling and then I would there'd be a show that I wanted to do a play or something. And so I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this. And it's like, OK, well, that's like three months of my life that I can't wrestle. So now I'm out of people's minds for three months in wrestling. And then I come back and I'm like, hello, what do you got for me? And they're like, well, nothing. You haven't been here for a while. So we have to start over from scratch. And yeah, theater just takes a lot of time. And it takes a lot of time and, and energy. And eventually I got to a point where, you know, what I was getting paid to do theater, I was losing money by missing wrestling. And if if I'm a professional whatever, if I'm a professional actor or a professional wrestler, like money is what is what I what I'm after. So I have to it just made more sense to stick with the thing that's paying me more. And if I'm doing theater in wrestling, like what am I missing out on by not doing theater anymore? Is how I justified it to myself. So yeah, I haven't done theater in, in quite a quite a while at this point. Yeah. And there there are parallels in theater and wrestling. So I I can definitely see how wrestling takes the priority over theater. Yeah. Is there 
is there like an experience that sticks out to you in your wrestling career that's kind of stuck with you? It can be like inspirational. It can be silly. It just um, that just sticks with you. Yeah. So this this is what I consider to be the most, in my opinion. This is just strictly my opinion, but the most hood slam thing that has <laughs> ever happened to me in wrestling was um, how do I. I'll try to say this with as little backstory as possible. Um, so I am on a team called the Caution with uh, Dark Sheik and E-Enhancement, the talent E-Enhancement. And it's the three of us. Um, at some point during us being a team, it is revealed that the Dark Sheik that we've known was a robot the whole time. And the real Dark Sheik has been off in a different dimension. Um, so... I, having known the real Dark Sheik, am like, oh, I have to go, I have to go find her. And so I I set off to find the real Dark Sheik. Uh, I find her, she comes back, bring her back to Hood Slam. And then me and Ian are like, hey, so we've started a team. You don't even know this guy because he's only known the robot, but you should be a team with us. And she was like, no, I'm not going to be on your team. And then she started her own team that was also called the caution. So it was, we had us as the caution and then this other, the caution two. And then we had a match of caution versus caution two. And at the end of that match, uh, Ian enhancement got on the microphone and legitimately retired from wrestling. Oh, wow. So it was like this very real moment where like, you know, he let the fans know like, Hey, this was my last match. This is why I'm retiring. I want to spend more time with my daughter. Um, and just was very thankful, like, you know, kind of broke kayfabe because we're mad at Dark Sheik, but was just like, hey, you know, we've been a team. I couldn't ask for better teammates. And like, you know, we all hugged and stuff. And then Ian left and it's just me and Dark Sheik in the ring, like just looking at each other, like sitting in this like, kind of real moment of like our friend just retired and that was real and now like we're also in like a storyline where we hate each other but like we also kind of just broke down that story of just like yeah that's not real fuck all that shit so we're just kind of sitting there in this like weird kind of sad kind of happy kind of odd moment and then aliens came to arrest us like that is the most fucking hood slam thing where it's just like this real like legitimate like heartfelt moment and she's like all right enough of that shit here comes aliens to arrest us um that's that is i think my favorite wrestling moment that i've had just because like it got to be everything that i love from wrestling it got to be real it got to be emotional it got to be heartfelt uh and then aliens <laughs> That sounds very hood slam. That sounds yeah, that's, very, that's very hood slam. If we could go back to Anton, who was at that crossroads of doing theater as a career and wrestling as a career, and what you know now as the Anton that I am presently speaking to, mm -hmm. what advice would you give yourself back then at that crossroads? From what you uh, know. 
I mean, I'm, I I feel like I made the right decision. So I don't know that there's a lot of advice that I can that would be helpful. Um, but I don't know. It just there's. I think it's a part of my actor brain that just like tries to see things in like a straight line. Like as a wrestler, I need to do this. If, if, I don't know, if some big wig at some wrestling company came up to me and was like, Hey, you have 30 seconds to tell me your gimmick. Like, I don't have an answer. I like, I don't, I don't know how to describe what it is that I present to people. Like, um the easiest way is that i'm kind of an idiot like that that i feel like that sums up the character of anton Voorhees as best as possible but like i don't know i travel to different dimensions i had this um thing that i thought was like a an allergic reaction on my face but it turned out that that wasn't what it was because someone ripped it off of my face and now i have half of a face in wrestling um and, but also Zelda, but also I'm kind of Zelda. <laughs> like, why? Like, none of it makes sense. None of it goes together. I don't know how to pitch that to someone, but but it works. And also, I'm an idiot on top of it. Like, how do you travel to different dimensions? How did you, how did you, how do you know how to do that if you're an idiot? Like, I don't know. I figured it out. I had a YouTube series. You watch it and you'll, maybe you'll understand. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. So I think for a long time, I was so concerned about making that make sense um, and giving that like trying to give an aesthetic that when you saw me, you would be like, oh, I get it. Link, future, interdimensional travel. It makes sense as soon as I see him. But I never figured out how to make that work and it never mattered. So I think the advice I would give is like, don't worry so much about trying to make your gimmick make sense because it doesn't but it works no one no one tells me like you need a different gimmick like people just go like you're great out there and I'm like that's isn't that what all the we're concerned about fair enough fair enough now like when you um put it into words i could it kind of had the aha light bulb moment of just crossing the bridge Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> so we got a couple minutes left here, and I wanted to ask some fun questions. Sure. Go for it. I normally ask this question around horror movies, but you mentioned that you don't watch horror movies much anymore. But I can tell that you are a gamer. So I would ask what is your favorite video game? Mm -hmm. A video game that you feel is overrated and a video game you feel everybody should try to play like at least once. Okay. Um, so my favorite video game is, is hard to nail down because they've done so much with it. Cause I, it's final fantasy seven, but like, if you were to be like, Oh, do you mean the original final fantasy seven? Do you mean the remake? Do you mean the like 8,000 like in between games that they made? And I'm like, yes, I mean, I mean that. Like, it's... I don't know what to tell you. I do mean all of it. Um, because I've played Final Fantasy VII, like the original version, 
so many times and I and I love it. I don't get bored of it. But I played the remake and I almost cried because I was like, oh my God, it's like an updated thing. I'm walking through the Sector 5 slums with Aerith and now I can hear her voice and I can see this budding little romance between her and Cloud in real time. And I can look up at the plate of Midgar like, <laughs> my my nostalgia. Um, so yeah, Final Fantasy VII is is the number one game in my heart, which I know is weird because I'm the Zelda guy. And <laughs> you would think it should be Zelda, but it's not. It's Final Fantasy VII and then Zelda. Um, a game I think is overrated. Um, I don't. It's it's hard to say because like, I mean, you you like what you like. Um, I know that there's games out there that a lot of people like, and I'm like, I don't enjoy this, but I don't think that makes it overrated. I just think it means that like, I'm not good at some stuff and I hate things I'm not good at, but like, I don't know any kind of first person shooter. I never got into first person shooters. I never got good at them. Um, and I'm not saying that they're bad, but when everyone was just like, oh shit, we're playing Halo. I'm just like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I won't be there tonight. I don't want to play. Um, but yeah, I think I think first person shooters to me are is overhyped just because I don't enjoy those type of games, but more power to anyone that does. Um, as far as a game, I think everyone should play. Uh, I'm going to say Tetris. Tetris is possibly the perfect game. Like you don't have to know anything. As soon as you start playing, you're like, well, I get it. Put things places. <laughs> and like, it's a simple thing. But when you see people that are good at Tetris, you're like, how? How do you, how are you so good at this? How does your brain work like that? And it is a game of skill that like, you really can like see yourself get better at. Where a lot of games, there's luck involved. And Tetris, there's not really a lot of luck. You know that that, that straight piece is coming. You it has to like yes. mathematically speaking, it has to come. So, uh, so yeah, I would say Tetris. That's my final answer. Fair enough, because I, I'm kind of the same way. Because I'm not really a gamer. Because I feel like first per person shooters are like the go to majority rule. So there's like Apex Predator and you know Apex Legends and Fortnite, and I'm like I rather sit here and play sims or animal crossing there you go yeah or my go-to game my all-time game that i played like as a kid was lego star wars hey i got it for my switch when they re-released it and added the new trilogy in so that's just that's always my go-to as well too there you go heck yeah and one final question did you or two-part question did you indulge in adult swim at all uh yeah here and there did would what would you say is your favorite adult swim show this is my measure of chaos for everybody oh golly um now i have to think about like what shows specifically were labeled adult swim um but like i don't know i liked like um uh, so like Sea Lab and like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, those count, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely liked those, but like was like 
Eon Flux? Was that Adult Swim or was that MTV? Like, like this is where my... That was MTV, actually. Okay, I think that was yeah, early well, MTV. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I also liked because like they would show like anime series on on Adult Swim too. Yeah, so Saturday, it's such a Saturday. such a broad spectrum. Um, but yeah, that and like the oblongs. I remember yes. liking the oblongs and stuff. Um, so yeah, Adult Swim had a whole bunch of stuff like that I I could enjoy watching. So I I couldn't say a favorite adult swim but yeah like just how off the wall like the comedies they're off the wall comedies i definitely enjoyed the most nobody ever mentions the oblongs you're like the first person i've asked who said the oblongs and i'm like hey feral (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on anton it was wonderful chatting with you yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it of course yeah we'll have to do this again sometime cool and I will for sure see you on Hood Slam. There will be another vlog happening because circling back to how fun Hood Slam was, it was very fun getting the vlog together and editing that vlog together. So nice. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you came. I'm glad that you had such a good time. Um, it's always um you never know what a wrestling fan is going to think of Hood Slam. Hood Slam's not designed for wrestling fans. Like I, I feel a lot of fans have that mindset of like every match needs to be perfect. It needs to just blow me away. I want to see things I've never seen before. And if that doesn't happen, then it sucked. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not what we're trying to do at hood slam. Like we have great wrestlers and we have great matches, but that's not the point. Hood slam is not called hood slam wrestling. It's just called hood slam because it's more about, our presentation so we have hood slam fans and then some wrestling fans come to watch too so i'm glad that you had such a good time and that you didn't come in with expectations of like i don't know new japan or something like that no i just i'm learning that every type of wrestling is different so best to just embrace it all there you go thank you again wonderful talking to you friends yeah you know See you next time. Okay, bye.